Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, welcome back, Bears fans, to this Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast. What is going on? I hope you are as excited as I am for this in-depth weekly game preview by yours truly, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here to dissect and preview the battle between two bad blue and orange teams, one from the AFC, one from the NFC. Someone maybe we'll walk away with a win. There is still that potential of a tie. I just want to throw that out here. You just, just, you never know. Uh, but regardless, I'm excited to be back behind the mic here to uh, give you this game preview. I know Nick is as well, but what's going on, Nick? Loving the stash, by the way. Appreciate it, Will. Um, I decided to change things up, and I'm hopefully the Bears follow suit this week and try to get some, some changes going on with that football team. But like you said, uh, one of these teams is going to come out of, uh, potentially a victor unless they tie, but I didn't know that the, the Minnesota Vikings and Carolina Panthers also, I think play each other and they're both Oh, and four. So it's like a bunch of matchups between winless teams. So this will be exciting. Yeah. All these teams like being like, Oh, and I think you said four, but we're, we're almost oh, at yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, and three. We're almost there. Uh, but I know what you meant. Uh, regardless, uh, who knows how the Bears will shape up uh, at the end of this one. Uh, we'll try to give you our best bet uh, in terms of what to expect from this Bears team. I think it's uh, it's difficult to gauge, and we'll talk about why uh, throughout the entirety of this episode. But just to give you a rundown, that way you know what to expect. Uh, we're going to begin by sharing our keys to success on both sides of the ball, determine who has the edge, share some weekly X factors, bold predictions, and a whole lot more. And I see a lot of people already in the chat here. I just want to say hello and welcome in to everybody here, like Alfredo and Ravi. Uh, Nicholas is also in here. Nagy's in here per usual. Alex, just want to say hey to everybody. Love seeing you here already. And I know more people will trickle in as we get uh, throughout this show. Make sure to give this video a like uh, as we kind of get started. But Nick, you know where this is going to go. Bears, Broncos, what's your one liner, one worder as we kind of set the preface for this episode? Now or never is going to be my my one liner uh, for this for this game, because I, I think that's if you look at it after this game, the the potential for a Bears victory kind of seemed bleak. But now or never is how I'm going to preface uh, or how I'm going to start this show and how I'm kind of viewing this matchup with the 0-3 Denver Broncos. 
I like it. You're expounding uh, a little bit here. I know you've been going with the one worders last week. I used a sound. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to try to work my way back up to it. Honestly, Nick, the more I dove into the matchup and just this game in general, very underwhelming matchup, although I understand the opportunity really for both teams, but for our case and our perspective, the Bears and their hopes of maybe riding the ship, turning the tide, whatever metaphor you want to throw in here. Uh, but my one liner is, at least when it came to this preview, do we have to? <laughs> See, yeah, uh, I mean, that's perfect, right? I mean, for this for this matchup, I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, there's a bunch of games going on at noon. This is the last one you're going to watch, unless you are a diehard Chicago Bears fan. You're just kind of forced to watch it because you think something's going to change. But, yeah, I, I love that. How long until Fox is like, uh, is it uh, yeah like pull the plug let's get let's move on is, is it on fox is it cbs i don't even know honestly i i, I haven't even checked but insert okay. local broadcast channel here yes i think maybe because both these teams are at the bottom of the barrel in terms of record how they're playing everything maybe we'll actually see a game that doesn't get out of hand if, if that makes sense because the last two like bears chiefs that got out of, mm -hmm. out of hand. Uh, Broncos, Dolphins, that got out of hand. So maybe they're kind of on a similar playing level that they'll actually be competitive. We'll see. We're going to get into this matchup to find out. All right, let's just do the thing, Nick. I feel <laughs> like we're both like dilly-dallying a bit, not really wanting to dive into all the nitty-gritty details, but this is what we're here for. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to have some fun along the way. So we'll begin with our keys to success with the Chicago Bears offense, and I feel like, you know, we're going to give six. They probably need ten, uh, just how <laughs> they've been playing right now. But, Nick, I'll go to you for your first key. What is it? Yeah, so the first thing I have here, and I just have it titled Stay on Track. And what I mean by that is just it's in reference to what Roshan Johnson was saying earlier in the week. It was about a run play where second and seven it ended up being a no gain when it could have been maybe an explosive play. But – Really, it's just those details, right? We've been hearing it, whether it's, you know, right after in post-game press conference or on the Monday following a game, you either hear from Eberflus, some of the players, Justin Fields, that, oh, we were just a couple details off. So for this game against a, you know, a bad opponent that's been struggling defensively, get those details right so we don't have to keep hearing how you almost had seven or eight explosive plays like Luke Getze mentioned in Thursday's press conference that could have been you know, big plays for his Bears offense. But again, the little details prevented mm -hmm. Bears from capitalizing on those moments. So whether that's on the players themselves, not taking what's being coached and putting it on the practice or putting it on the football field or the coaches themselves, not coaching to the, to their best extent, like whatever needs to happen. Well, stay on track, get those details, right. And let's see if those explosive plays can actually happen. If offensive execution can look somewhat uh, just normal competent, <laughs> competent. Yeah. perfect yeah no i think if you could do that then maybe we'll actually have a football game because there's been so many times already through three games where that has not been the case so stay on track get the details right and maybe again we'll have a football game here yeah i i like that one a lot and the big issue before i get into my key just to expound on yours a little bit more is the fact that like depending on the week depending on the game really depending on the drive maybe even play we've seen everything go wrong for the bears it mm -hmm. could be 
lack of the quarterback making the correct read, the correct throw, receivers not getting open downfield, and that can go with coaching, play calling, like you said, actually doing what they're practicing and putting on the game day. We've seen it all go wrong, and so they need to all be on the same page, executing as one, which is a perfect segue and lead into my first key, which is just gained separation. And, you know, we kind of knew, and it's been talked about throughout the week, but when you put on the film of last week's game, the Bears just had a hard time separating from defenders. And Fields had time, uh, but last week he just had a hard time really finding anybody open. DJ Moore's average separation per route run was only 1.3 yards. That was tied for the second lowest of all receivers last week that had at least five targets. And when you just keep watching how defenses are going up against this Bears offense, they're not afraid of these wide receivers making big plays down the field. They're going to play near the line of scrimmage and just kind of dared the Bears and those wide receivers to try to beat us over the top, try to make a play downfield because the Bears haven't been hitting those right now. And we've seen it all year when it comes to problems on offense. I mentioned all of the issues. We can add in the offensive line inconsistencies uh, as well, but the Bears need better play calling. They need better overall energy and effort. Who gets he needs to do a better job of scheming guys open. Give me some rub routes. Let's get some traffic in place. Put some DBs in conflict. And if they just allow the DBs to go out there and win one-on-one matchups and be like, well, you know what? Hey, they're better than us. Nothing that we can do. The Bears, like you said, Nick, they're going to struggle a lot again on offense. And it is possible for the Bears to move the football through the air against this defense. I took out the Miami game. Uh, if those stats were so insane, if you take those into consideration, given the fact that there's only been three games played, those are disgusting numbers. So let's just look at weeks one and two for the Broncos because we all know the Bears are not at the level of the Miami Dolphins and that offense. Uh, but over those first two weeks, they had four defensive backs that allowed at least 12.6 yards per reception, an average depth of target over 11 yards, and passer ratings of 122.3 and higher. So the Bears really need to find a way to separate. Fields must take those throws downfield when they're available. And as I said, to kind of begin the key, I'll end it the same way. Everyone needs to be on the same page and playing in unison. I, I like that a lot, Will. And just kind of go back to what you were saying. The game plan against the Chiefs, like you watch it, and you know, there's been a lot of uh former quarterbacks or you know, guys that break down the film that have also agreed, like there just wasn't many opportunities for Justin Fields to actually fine open receivers based off maybe the, the route concept or whatever it was. So, you know, Getsy definitely needs to put a better game plan in place this game. And again, against a struggling Broncos defense, we'll go to my, my second key here. And I just have it titled, get that yak yards after catch here. And look, I was looking at how, you know, the, the dolphins were able to do that against this Broncos defense. And there were so many missed tackles in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, I don't know if I've seen a worst a worse tackling performance than that one because at all three levels you had defensive linemen, linebackers, secondary, all missing tackles. And I think it's because and we were able to talk to the Bears assistant coaches yesterday. Tyke Tolbert was saying, What did he he was asked, what did you see from that game? And he said he saw a defense that recognized there was a lot of speed on the field. Yep. And I think with that thought process, these defenders just were not ready for whoever was getting in the open field, making plays, making guys miss. Um, But I think the Bears do have some capable playmakers, not to the extent of the Dolphins, but in space that they can actually make guys miss, get yards after the catch. We haven't seen a lot of opportunities like that this season, 
But DJ Moore has had a, a knack for making guys miss. We know he can do that. He needs more opportunities to. Darnell Mooney, I think, is another capable guy. So I think in this game for Fields, get the ball out quickly, even though the Broncos' pass rush hasn't been, been very good at all this season. But get the ball to your playmakers, and let's see what they can do in space because there was just so many missed tackles. And just like the Bears are working on the fundamentals, I know that Broncos' defense is going back through the straight-up fundamentals. Here's how to tackle. Here's how you bring a guy <laughs> down because they were atrocious at it against the Dolphins. So yards after the catch, get the ball out to your playmakers, see what can happen. Don't you think the Bears have enough speed to present similar problems? And I'm not saying we have a Tyreek Hill and a Waddle on this team, and I know the running backs in Miami are also very fast. But I remember throughout this offseason, at least on social media, like people were sharing graphics that were made about like all the Bears 40 times on this offense and like how fast this unit was supposed to be, and they're not tapping into it or at least making it a matchup advantage for the Bears, but maybe this could be the week in which they can get it right. Yeah, I mean, look, the Bears do have some speed on offense, but I just don't think they utilize it in the right way. Um, you like Tyler Scott's a burner. You know, Darnell Mooney has speed. Even Chase Claypool is pretty fast for his size, but like it just doesn't seem like the Bears really emphasize that speed and defenses don't have to respect it. And right. quite frankly, they haven't had to the, the first three weeks. So whatever you need to do schematically, gameplay design, route, route concepts, make this Denver Broncos defense have to respect it. They just haven't had to. So I think they have speed and maybe they can actually capitalize on a couple of plays here in this game. Yeah, make them defend every inch of the field, uh, mm-hmm. I think would be a great way to keep the stress uh, on this defense. Again, they haven't been playing great, but the way the Bears offense has been playing – who knows who's going to have the edge in this matchup? Maybe we do. We'll, we'll talk about that later in the episode. My second key, simple yet very important. Win the line of scrimmage. If there's any chance at the Bears passing game taking off the offensive line, they're going to need to win their matchups up front and limit the pressure on Justin Fields. And this is a unit, uh, the Denver Broncos is a unit like the Bears. They fail to get a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Through three weeks, they only have nine total pressures from the interior defensive line and 15 total pressures coming off the edges. Their top pass rusher this year, Nick Benito, he only has seven pressures, which is tied for 81st in the NFL. There are 80 players with more pressures than the top Broncos guy. Only four sacks as a unit. Sunday is not the day for the Bears to let the Broncos defense find its pass rush. But of course, winning the line of scrimmage is more than just pass blocking. The Bears need to do a much better job at rushing the football. It's been one of my keys last week. I mentioned it the week before that as well. And I'm just looking for much more from the Bears on the ground. Only 69 yards from running backs last week on 15 combined carries, which isn't bad. That's over four yards per carry. But most of those chunk plays came way after the Bears were down bad. So I'm going to take it with a big grain of salt. But the Broncos are a defense that you can run on. They give up the most rushing yards per game, 177. But let's look into that number two. That's skewed. They gave up 350 yards on the ground last week. So if we look at the first two weeks, they give up about 91.5 on average. So I still think you can run on them. I don't think the Bears are going to run for 350 on them. Um, But there is a defense that you can push back, opening up some rushing lanes, and, and just keep pounding the rock. So the Bears established a run. In order for that to happen, win the line of scrimmage generate push, reach that second level, and just wear down that Broncos front seven. I think they can do it here. 
Uh, and again, also in pass protection, how important it is for Justin Fields as offense to stay on time, on rhythm, and really do everything we talked about in both of our first two keys, Nick. So my second key is just win the battles up front, win that line of scrimmage. You know, it would be helpful. I'm looking at the Broncos injury report right now, and this is as of Thursday, so we'll get one later today. But you have Frank Clark, the outside linebacker, Josie Jewell, the interior linebacker, and Mike Purcell, all DNPs for Thursday. Mm -hmm. That'll definitely help them being able to rush the football if they're missing some starters out on defense. But I completely agree with you there, Will. Uh, we'll go to my last key on offense for the Bears, and I just have it as attack, M-O-F, and that stands for middle of field. Um, and I think, again, there are a lot of opportunities that Dolphins had in last week's matchup. But, you know, just even when the – look, the Bears haven't had a lot of rushing attempts all season, but even doing simple play action – you know, putting your back towards the defense that the linebackers have to respect that they're going to move a little bit. Um, if they go back because they, they know there's no threat of the run, they'll get back to their, their past steps, their, their zones. That's fine. But if you can manipulate these guys a little bit and you have Justin Fields. They still have to respect him and his legs there. I think there's going to be opportunities in the middle of the field to attack this Broncos defense. Of course, the one throw that, you know, Justin Fields has over the middle of the field gets intercepted because he's trying to hit, um, I think it's Chase Claypool on the in route. He had Cole Komet over on a little hitch. I I liked what he was thinking of trying to do, but it was a good play by uh, Reed on there, number 20. But I think there's going to be some opportunities to do that, and you just can't get so – actually, Will, you said it perfectly. Make the defense play the entire field, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do that because if you just take these shots down the sidelines – Again, you're limiting, you know, the types of throws, and you're also not stressing every single defender out there. You're stressing maybe the cornerback that's one-on-one -on -one with the wide receiver, but you need to get everybody on this Broncos defense to feel like they can be attacked, okay? So I think if they can do that, have a little bit more in the game plan in terms of attacking the middle of the field, maybe you're just going to have more opportunities for those. Go to my second key, those yards after the catch, and just, again, staying on track with the details, kind of, putting it all encapsulating it here. But again, those are my keys. I, whether the bears can actually execute them. That's a whole different story. Will. yep, it really is. The Duke had a really good super chat that just kind of builds off of your key here. I uh, said, get the ball out quick, uh, but enough with the boundary crap. Defenses aren't covering the middle of the field because they know Getsy only knows how to go horizontal. I mean, we've seen it all year. It's slants and seam routes would be so refreshing. I remember, what against the Packers? We got DJ Moore in a nice slant in the red zone. I was able to actually gain yards and had separation, room to operate. It's it's remarkable how simple. Like if you keep it simple, how things kind of built. I, I think this is a really good point made over here uh, by the Duke. My final key uh, is bigger than just X's and O's. It's simply stay loose because with three losses straight to start the season. You know, everybody in that building is feeling immense pressure. Even if in these press conferences, everyone's appearing all even keel on the surface. It's just the human condition to feel pressure when you're not performing at your job. And really right now, in many ways, a lot of these people are failing at it. So it's really unavoidable, but they need to use this pressure and channel it into positive motivation. The Bears must avoid the feeling of collapsing under pressure. So I'm just going to put a key this week for them to stay loose, stay the course, because it can get ugly pretty quick. If you come out for a few three and outs, Nick, back-to-back -back three and outs, start this game, you know the boo birds are coming out. I know Karm's mm -hmm. like, don't boo Justin Fields, and I agree, no reason to boo the man. 
but you you know that that's gonna happen and you can't let it deter you you got to block out that noise focus really what's in your own control and i'm not saying overlook the broncos but i really hope that this team the bears don't enter the week with like a victim mindset or else it's going to be over before this game even begins they must actually believe that hey this is a winnable game here for us fields needs to remain loose and free wanting to push that football down the field same thing with Getsy, loose with his play calling. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't overthink it. I put the kiss method in here. My notes too, right? Keep it simple, stupid. If they can get, if the Bears get in their own heads, I don't think they're going to play up to their potential. They're going to make crucial mistakes, and really, they're going to struggle against the defense that they should be able to score on. Uh, and when it's all said and done, so for the Bears, it's you know, don't overcomplicate things in your head, and honestly, just. Find a way to stay loose and not crumble under the pressure of starting the season 0-3 because uh, I, I know that Soldier Field, depending on how many fans show up for this game, I, I feel like it could get hostile pretty quick. If they go three and out on their first offensive possession, well, you will hear the boobirds. I, I guarantee it. if it is a three and out, you're, you gain maybe a yard on the drive or whatever it is, I guarantee it. Uh, I hope that's not the case. So, again, there's a lot of opportunities to attack this Broncos defense. Just, I'm like remembering last year while we were at, at these games, we were seeing Justin Fields run all over defenses that were bad. And like, it was, it was still fun, but this obviously is a whole different story, but I don't know. I just had this, I was just reflecting on my drive back uh, from the gym. And I'm like, come on, that Justin Fields is still in there somewhere. And the passing is going to get here, but. We just need to see it, man. We need well, to see it. Well, in order to get there again, this Bears offense has to be able to attack defenses in different ways because yes. they're spying Justin. They have someone just watching him at all times because right now the biggest threat, and we haven't even seen it yet this season, is Justin Fields and his legs. I think they know that. They're shutting it down. They're forcing Justin and Getsy and his offense to just find ways to beat you elsewhere, and it's not happening. So it makes – the defense's job so easy. And I'm tired as a Bears fan and watching this team, no matter who's quarterback, who's offensive coordinator, who's your head coach, where defenses do this. D defenses dictate how we operate our offense. And it's mm -hmm. something that we've been talking about on our podcast for years. And it needs to change. And it did a little bit last year. And we saw what happened. But the defense has adapted. They had a whole offseason to scout it. And now it's our turn to combat those adjustments. It hasn't worked yet. Hopefully it does here soon, but if it doesn't, it's going to be hard to let that Justin be that Justin because defenses are just going to sell out to, to stop it. Yeah, no doubt. And we have uh, Daniel here. It's only been three games. The Bears could get better. The defense could get better. I have to believe that things can improve. I get that. And it seems very, it seems hard to almost believe it at this point because of how bad it's been everywhere on this football team. But I'm glad to, to know that some some people still have that belief. You talk to all the coaches. Of course, they're not going to say, I don't believe in this team. But they all say we believe that we're close to the turnaround on offense. This is a great. This is the game to see how close you truly are. If you can't, like I said, now or never at the top. If it doesn't happen here, I have no idea. Well. <laughs> but that's how I'll, I'll end the uh, offensive uh, talk here. Yeah, can we stop this and honestly i need a break i need to breathe for a moment and then we can talk about this bears defense that you know nick it doesn't get much better uh, on that side of the ball and injuries aren't helping it. and we'll dive into all of it but first let's take our first time out uh and nick I'll, I'll go over to you with our first message and then i'll jump in right after yeah i have to tell everybody about ray cdjr are you in the market 
for a new vehicle. If you are, then we have some great news for you. Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and Fox Lake, of course, you know, have joined the CHGO team at Ray CDJR. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgivable savings or unforgettable, not unforgivable. Uh, and right now during Jeep Adventure Days at Ray CDJR in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 15% off MSRP on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. That's always exciting. Uh, but that's not all. And you still actually have a day now through September 30th. Explore their newly renovated showroom. And take advantage of breathtaking deals as they celebrate their new grand reopening. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they're the only team we recommend here at CHGO. So visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake raycdjr.com today serving the community since 1963 all right i want to let everyone know about foco foco gets you fitted out in the best sports gear around you definitely need to check them out i was just looking at things that i would want we're getting close to the holiday season right we have a chicago bears cutting board i'm just saying they have some awesome stuff they have those bibs that i mentioned i've been mm -hmm. seeing some people wear over at the tailgates those bibs are awesome they have the ugly sweaters are coming back. Some Justin Fields bobbleheads, Staley, the mascot bobblehead, and just some cool things like that. Sunglasses, hats, every accessory you can ever imagine. So even if the Bears aren't playing well, you can look good in your <laughs> Bears gear or any other sports team of your choice by visiting foco.com. They have so many awesome things. Uh, as I mentioned, I'd even bring up the one that I've been waiting for, friendship bracelets. Buy some Bears friendship bracelets. It's a three-pack. Give them to me and Nick at the tailgate, and we can all be best friends forever. And also, uh, if we are in a studio right now, you'll see some amazing set decorations because they've donated a few awesome pieces for those sets. So I would appreciate if you can go show them some love. Check out foco.com, or you can click the link in the description below. That's both here on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. For all non-presale items, use promo code CHGO, and that's going to unlock you 10% off. Again, foco.com, code CHGO. 10% off all non-presale items. All right. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. It's an audible day. Will DeWitt and Nicholas Moriano here giving you our weekly in-depth Chicago Bears game preview. We are diving deep into all the keys of success for the Chicago Bears this week. We gave you our three each on offense. It's now time to go over to the Bears defense. Nick, I know you took the first half and you received it and you went with your first key, but guess what? It's an odd day. You're going to go again here first. What's that's, your first key on defense? Yeah, let's go here. Um, I think every single Bears defender, whoever plays in this game, needs to just embrace and embody the, the peanut punch in this game and try to force those turnovers, you guys. And uh, you look at the Bears defense last week, technically they did get their first turnovers, but they were on Blaine Gabbert, you know, backup quarterback, exactly. getting intercepts. So mm -hmm. scratch those. They The Bears are still searching for their true first turnover here. And I think that when you look at the game that the Broncos had against the Dolphins, Cortland Sutton, really good receiver, could not hang on to that football, though. Well, there are a couple of opportunities where the Broncos are driving down the field. Bam, some defenders coming and just taking their fist, putting it right on the football and knocking it out. But that needs to be the mindset for everybody here. Um, and I know Matt Eberflus has talked about the linebackers and saying that Yes, they need to lower their tackling, but they also need to be at every single attempt trying to punch that football out. I think we know that Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards are capable of doing that. We have not seen it on this Bears defense, but they're capable of doing those things. I just think that 
regardless of who's a ball carrier, where the the ball ends up on the field. Every single Bears defender needs to have that mindset. Like one guy wraps up, one guy's going for the football. We've seen it so many times in the Lovey Smith days, how successful that can be. And, you know, this is supposed to be some kind of version of that with Eberflus. Obviously, it has not been that to any extent on defense, but you need to look for those turnovers. You need to want those turnovers. And the Bears just through three games have not done that. So I want to see guys punching after the football, especially knowing that, you know, the Broncos were willing to give it up. And, you know, mm-hmm. quite frankly, the Bears did. Khalil Herbert did the same thing against the Chiefs. So I think both teams are going to come out trying to punch the football out. See, I really like your key. I almost think I like Brian S's in the chat uh, a little bit better. Brian Schuster, first key on defense, dot, 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 try. You know, I thought about doing something about that here this week. I mean, the lack of effort has been concerning. Uh, so I think Brian's very much uh, on point with his key uh, on defense. I wanted to give that some love here. Uh, and to go straight into my first key uh, on this side of the ball is just overcome the injuries in the secondary. It looks like, and again, we'll get the final injury report here. I, I doubt before this show's over, but if it does come out, we'll definitely relay that information. Um, but as it looked like yesterday, the Bears will be without Josh Blackwell, Eddie Jackson, and Jalen Johnson this week. And for a defense that allows the third most passing yards per game at 285.7, the second most yards per completion at 12.6, and the fourth highest pass rating at 110.9, already down to Kyler Gordon. Man, it's just going to be really tough sledding for the Bears. And I know they've been battling injuries in the secondary basically since training camp, and it's just made it so difficult uh, for the back end of this defense to find any sort of consistency, uh, which makes all their jobs so much more challenging. And the Broncos, they do have weapons. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims. I don't know if you know this, Nick, but Mims has seven catches on the year, and he's averaging 27.9 yards per catch. Oh, man, you know the Broncos are going to want to give him chances over the top of this defense, uh, especially without any pass rush, especially without Eddie Jackson. So no matter which way you slice it, I think the Bears are going to be mismatched here. I can't look at any single one-on-one matchup between Broncos receivers and the Bears defensive backs and say, you know what, that's a good one here for the Bears. Like I I can't find a single one across the board. Every player uh, that is expected to play on Sunday in the secondary, besides Brisker, by the way, has also given up a pass rating over 100 this year. So every player that I expect to see for the Bears playing on defense, when targeted, quarterbacks are having a, a heyday on them so far. So it's going to be critical for the Bears just to find ways to, to honestly play out their gourds a little bit here and overcome these injuries, kind of like that Minnesota game a couple years back, Nick, where all the starters mm-hmm. in the secondary had to go out, whether it be injuries or COVID, I believe, that year. But the backups came in under the lights and, and stepped up in a very big way uh, for the Bears. So I'm just tired of having opponents have wide open opportunities uh, with people sitting, you know, getting out of their area, not communicating. The Bears are just being too soft in their zone, maybe. And I, I forgot who put it in the chat earlier, but maybe it's time to try a little man coverage. Uh, it's not that hard. You know, me versus you, maybe you have a safety or two over the top to help out. But just sitting back and watching receivers just gobble up yards underneath and then break tackles after the words and, and get bigger plays to the yards after contact and after the catch. Uh, I'm tired of seeing it. These injuries aren't going to help. And the bears DBs are just going to have to step up. 
Yeah, if the Bears don't have Jalen Johnson in this game, that that is really concerning. Um, PFF put their his stats out there: twelve targets, five receptions allowed. So he's been pretty. He's been really good. And you go back to the first drive of the Chiefs game. Guy was, you know, that was the one drive the Bears did well defensively. And you know mm-hmm. why Jalen Johnson was a part of two of the big bigger plays on that drive. But yeah, that's going to be. Uh, hopefully, we see the the injury report come out here soon, and Jalen Johnson's trending in the right direction. But we'll see here. Uh, my second key on defense, I just have rush with a plan because mm-hmm. right now, well, it, it rush with intent too. like, it's just the, the front four for the bears, whoever it is out there where they go the first wave, second wave guys, it, nothing is being one consistent or actually generating pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, Eberflus had an interesting like comment earlier in the week saying that, you know, when we execute our stunts or twists, we need to do it as, you know, one unit, not as individuals. I was talking to Zach Pickens on Wednesday and asked him what's kind of going on with this defensive line right now. And he said it like we're rushing as individuals, not as a unit that's supposed to work off of each other. And again, why is that? Why is that happening? Aren't you being coached to rush as like a unit? So this this front four and even like. Look, the wide the Bears defense has been wide open in the middle of the field. If it's going to be mm-hmm. wide open with the linebackers and coverage, just bring them on the blitz then. If it's going to be open, bring them on a blitz. <laughs> I like it. Like just do it. Like Tremaine Edmonds or TJ Edwards, just get get out of that vanilla defense we saw against the Chiefs and go back to kind of what you were doing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know there's different level obviously Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, way different quarterbacks, but the standard rush four, drop back and zone coverage you're getting picked apart by everybody right now because that front four is not getting home. So whether you need to be better with your individual rushes as a group, or you just need to start bringing the blitz, like there needs to be a better plan in place. And Eberflus now being the, the defensive play caller needs to be better. Will and I know he wants to, he, he would rather be the guy that controls the defense calls it because that I think he said is like, gives the team the best opportunity right now. We need to start seeing it. And doing that vanilla shit is not working. So you need to change up the game plan and rush with a plan when you're doing so. Uh, I like that a lot. And it it's just a great point about just changing things up. And we talked a lot about, and I know you're in the chat, Matt, and I'm sorry, but the previous regime being so stubborn, right? And, and now it's similar with this Bears defense. Like I understand Flus came in. He has an identity. He has a defensive system but it's not working and it hasn't worked since he's gotten here at all. It's way too soft. It's way too passive opponents know how to attack it. We see it every single week. You have to show them something different, Uh, whether it be extra rushers, whether it be a mixture of switching over to a man coverage, which I still think could really help this defense regardless playing cover two, playing cover four and just sitting back 10 yards and allowing them just to carve you up inside or just those big gaping holes between the linebackers and the safeties or the corners and the safeties. It's the same thing every single week and and it's, it needs to stop. And if it doesn't stop, it's going to be a long day for the bears. Cause as I mentioned, my first key, like the Broncos do have weapons. They can be a formidable mm-hmm. offense. Like they're not like the bears have been an offense or somewhere in the middle, which the middle is still plenty enough to, as we know, affect this bears defense, how they've currently been playing. All right, let's get into my second key here for this Bears defense, which is win crucial 
situations. And so insert my weekly rant about third downs and red zone <laughs> trips here. Uh, if the Bears want to come away with the win, they need to dig down deep, uh, try and, and win these situations. It's really not rocket science. You fail on third down, they're going to reach the red zone. You fail in the red zone, they're going to score touchdowns. You do this enough, and you're going to lose every single week, especially if your offense can't put up 20 points or more. So far this year, the Bears are the fourth worst red zone defense, giving up touchdowns on 75% of those trips. They also give up, and this is damning, the fourth worst in terms of efficiency, but they give up the second most red zone trips per game. That's a huge double whammy here for the Bears. You go down more than 30 other teams, and you give it up more than 28 more teams, you know you're in for giving up a, a ton of points on offense. And Nick, just letting you know, the Bears are back to dead last and third down defense. 60% conversion rate is still a death sentence over here. The Broncos enter the game 24th in the NFL on third down, uh, which is very similar to where the Chiefs were last week, but we know how that all fared for the Bears. The Bears really just stunk it up yet again. The Broncos are 25th in red zone offense, converting uh, touchdowns on 45% of those trips. But what worries me, Nick, is the fact that the Broncos actually get into the red zone the ninth most in the NFL, 3.7 trips per game. So they're pretty good at moving the ball, getting into scoring position, and the Bears are awful at making stops and keeping teams out of the end zone once they get inside the 20. It seems like, uh, to me, it just seems like the writing's already on the wall. If nothing changes for this Bears defense, that we'll see the Broncos get to the red zone. Russ is going to cook and he's going to score some touchdowns. So for me, if there's any chance of winning this game, the first victory you need to have is on these crucial situations, third down, red zone on defense. Yeah, well, and actually what you you phrased it, don't let Russ cook or Russ cook. Like that's my third key. You can't let him cook here in this game, you guys. If um, Look, Russell Wilson and this Broncos offense, like you said, middle, but even in that game against the the Dolphins, they were moving the football at times, and then there were just costly turnovers. There was a weird interception where he threw it off somebody's helmet. It gets intercepted by the defensive line, and you have the two fumbles as they're moving the ball downfield. Like, this offense looks way better than it did, you know, a year ago under Nathaniel Hackett and now under Sean Payton. And, look, I think Sean Payton's looking at this opportunity like, all right, this is my get-right game. Let's get right and, you know, get back, get our first win of the season. Just like how we, uh, you know, I phrased it for the the Chiefs. This is going to be their get right game. They didn't. The Bears didn't have to make it, but obviously they did. So <laughs> you cannot, you can't give you know an experienced quarterback like like Russell Wilson a lot of time and just being able to just go through his reads, go to whoever he wants to go, whether it's Judy Sutton, Cortland Sutton, and just kind of just again distribute. Because that's that's exactly how you're going to get blown out again at home at Soldier Field, and I just unless the Bears are going to change up their ways defensively, like letting Russ cook it almost seems like it's going to be inevitable. But you know, like for some reason, I have a not it's not confidence. Maybe it's just maybe I'm just slightly confused, thinking that the Bears are going to do something different in this game to change it up defensively and give Russ more to think about. Because they didn't do that for 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes, it was way too easy to where he can just see pre snap, post snap, same exact coverage. Mm-hmm. Whatever he was seeing, he was also seeing it after the snap. So the Bears just have to, again, maybe even it's on their defensive front, like you're doing more twists, more games, you're bringing someone off the edge, whatever it could be. You got to get Russell Wilson out of his rhythm. 
If not, I think it could end up very poorly for the Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, maybe we do some zone match. Maybe we do some inverts, right? Drop the safeties down. You send the corners back. Something. Just give them something else to look at. One more advocate for uh, some man coverage, please, Coach Eberflus. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And do it one more time. So my final key, Nick, you don't want Russ to cook. So I just wanted to piggyback off you. Don't let the running backs cook either. All right. Like they're also uh, a unit that has me a little bit worried because the bears, they haven't been able to win. I talked about for the offense, win the line of scrimmage, the defense hasn't really been able to win the line of scrimmage this year. They've given up 121 yards on the ground per game. They allowed over 150 last week. And I've talked about it over the last couple of weeks with the bears inability to stop the run, despite just average numbers, the type of runs that they allow, how they've been killing this defense, killing opportunities to get off the field. And guess what, Nick? It happened last week, too. You know, a gain of nine on second and eight on the ground. First down, move the chains. That shouldn't happen. An 18-yard run on first down. That shouldn't happen. Uh, a 10-yard gain on a quick ball to running back uh, into the flat. You know, you should probably make those tackles, and that shouldn't happen either. So, Regardless, those issues are still popping up here for the Bears. The Broncos, they average less than 100 yards per game on the ground. Uh, would it be a good week to not allow, like you said, not allow Russ to cook? It's now not now a good time to allow those running backs to figure things out and start setting some season highs. Both P. Ryan and Williams are both very good backs out of the backfield, too, catching 90% of their targets for 110 yards this year combined. Both are in the top 30 of running backs, with P. Ryan in the top 10 of receiving backs so far this year. So that's giving me Nick flashbacks of Aaron Jones in the second half of that bears game, just destroying uh, TJ Edwards and this bears defense. So I expect the Broncos to get the ball up to their backs as receivers, just like they have all year, especially and I'll one more time. We'll say it. If the bears sit back in their comfy soft zone, these running backs, you know, maybe Russell cook and these running backs will eat. Maybe that's how it's going to shake out. It seems like a very really good combo there for the Broncos offense. They want to get things going. You cook, they eat, and they win. That's that that yep. could definitely be a possibility. It, it could be, uh, it could be, but the Bears they just need to not allow it to be a thing. But as long as they just allow it to be reality until they want to change the reality, change the type of team they are, because I, I still think this team is talented. And I said that after the Week One loss, where like, man, we saw all this talent come in why aren't we tapping into it? And it's been, we're now entering week four and I still have the same question. And the answer always goes back to coaching uh, and mindset, uh, at least for me. So the bears have an opportunity to figure it out here, but so do the Broncos. And I mm -hmm. don't know if I trust the bears to be the team to figure it out themselves, but uh, that's it for our keys here on the defense. We're going to take another timeout. And then on the flip side of this break, we're going to give you our X factors, tell you who has the edge, play some over under bold predictions. A lot of good things here uh, right after this break. And Nick, I'll go to you. Yeah. So with everything going on right now, whether you want to go to football games, concerts, baseball, Connor Bedard, hockey, mm -hmm. uh, you need to check out, check out the game time app. And because look, you're buying your tickets to your favorite events. It, it shouldn't be stressful. And game time helps, you know, that whole process, you lose the stress and you get to go to these games. But game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last, last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and just start getting hyped up for the fun. You'll have a what uh, whatever event you're going to. And here are just some of the things I like about the game time app flash deals, 
and last minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You also get to see the image of your seat, which is always cool, but lowest price guarantee. And you can never go wrong when you have all three, all those things uh, with the game time app. And if you're watching the CHGO Bears podcast, if you want to go to the Broncos Bears game, we should also just go to the CHGO uh, Bears tailgate that we have. But well, you'll hear more about that in a little bit. But there are definitely um, prices, and you can snag a flash deal on all the great seats that you'll have at this glorious game that will happen on Sunday at Soldier Field. But again, forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive again, those flash deals like you're just seeing if you're watching the, the podcast here for football, basketball, baseball. Concerts, comedy theater near you, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And here's the most important part. You have to download that game time app, create an account, and then use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Good stuff there, Nick. Uh, this is when I want to just take a moment and say thank you uh, to all the diehards out there listening to us right now, uh, whether it's live here on YouTube or on the podcast replay. I just want to say thank you uh, on behalf of everyone here at CHGO for supporting us by signing up to be a CHGO diehard. And of course, you're also helping yourself. Uh, you get yourself 20% off all merch all the time, even when we're running sales. 20% off all of our events like that tailgate that we have coming up here on Sunday morning before this game uh, and, and so much more. You get access to our premium written content on the website, whether that's carms, grades, hoags, bears, things, uh, a lot of really good benefits of becoming a diehard. So if you're not yet, now's a perfect opportunity to go to allchgo.com slash diehard. It, it gives you even more reasons to sign up there on the page. Um, and then from there, you immediately get a free shirt as soon as you sign up from the CHGO Locker, uh, which, by the way, we have that new Midway collection, uh, which is awesome. A lot of new Bears merch over on the CHGO Locker. You can get a free shirt as soon as you sign up, a free shirt every single year once you renew that membership. Uh, and again, all those amazing discount, discounts all of the time. So thanks for everyone who's already a diehard. And I hope to welcome in new diehards uh, throughout you know the rest of this weekend and, of course, uh, honestly, forever. Uh, so feel free to sign up, become a diehard here today and check out CHGOLocker.com too for that brand new line that we dropped a few weeks ago and de definitely stop up, stock up on all of our CHGO, our dope merch uh, that we have over there in that locker. All right, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here, CHGO Bears podcast, giving you our in-depth game preview for this Bears-Broncos game. We went through all of the keys on both sides of the ball and now it's time to figure out what's the X factor. What can make a difference in this game? So we've done offense. We've done defense. Nick, what is your X factor here for week four? Yeah, simply uh, my X factor for week four, Bears Broncos, is special teams. And this can be throughout the entirety. This for, you know, both both sides here. Because you have Marvin Mims over there. Well, you're saying how, uh, you know, yards per completion he was getting. Well, he's also a pretty damn good returner. Yep. So, and he took one back uh, last week against the, the Dolphins. Again, the game was basically over. Maybe the Dolphins were lackadaisical, whatever it is. Still, you have to respect that now. It's on film. He can take one back to the house. But also, there was a key play in that Bears-Chiefs game. It would not have changed the result. I'm telling you that right now. But Jalen Jones had an opportunity to pin the Chiefs deep in their own territory off of a punt and the ball goes right between his legs. It would have been easily inside the five, but instead the Chiefs get the ball back, 
you know, in favorable, more favorable territory because you can't execute. So little things like that. Look, the Bears need to literally do everything right to win a football game. So it's going to, that includes special teams. You can't give the Broncos better field position because you're not covering punts or kicks or pinning them deep in their own territory. So it's simple things like that that can easily, you know, influence a game how it goes. And especially between two bad teams, you really just need to be able to just be on your P's and Q's, and that goes for special teams as well. Awesome. Sorry if I look perplexed. I have a missed call from Waukegan, Illinois, and I thought you were trying to call me or something. Weird, ain't it? That is that is weird. Um, but I I have my phone right here, Will. So no no calls from from this. Uh, well, you're not, my contacts. It would have been. That's true. It would have showed your name and your photo, but I was just like, out of all the places Waukegan. in the world to get like a spam call, <laughs> Waukegan, Illinois, your your hometown, your stomping ground. So that was. Interesting timing, uh, to say the least. But let's get into my X factor here. And I agree with you, special teams that return game can be huge. Uh, my X factor, simple yet ultra important coaching. Uh, and I know that the Broncos, you know, aren't playing up to snuff and they're coming off a very, very embarrassing loss to the Dolphins. But Nick, something tells me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. And I, if, if I am wrong, please tell me why. But something tells me that Sean Payton is going to give his guys more refocus and more pissed off and more ready to kind of bring out the Listerine that we talked about a few weeks ago and get that sour taste out of their mouths. than Matt Eberflus has been able to do with this Chicago bears team through all of the losses, especially that embarrassing one against the chiefs here. So when it comes to this overall preparedness, readiness, in-game adjustments, uh, those halftime adjustments, being willing to break out of your status quo to show team something a little bit different on both sides of the ball i feel like the broncos are going to be more equipped and more ready to do that than the bears and i think that could be the difference between winning and losing this game it just comes down to like the the head guy in charge well i that's a great point and you know what look how both those coaches reacted after these embarrassing losses Eberflus mentioned early on well, we were able to score points off the two turnovers we we, we created late in the yeah, game. Boy. You know, highlights these little, again, positives in his eyes. Sean Payton was pissed. Like, yeah. that was a historic loss. It's the mindset of how you approach these things that is completely different by, by these two organizations that tells me, yeah, Sean Payton's probably going to have his team more prepared than Matt Eberflus. Because, again, I think some, probably a lot of people in this chat have put in here, where's the accountability? Shouldn't you losing by 31 and be the game was over in the first half, just sit with you the wrong way. It should. And again, they just approach it very differently. Obviously the track record for Sean Payton, obviously a lot better than what Matt Eberflus has ever done in the NFL at this point as a head coach, but just how they approached it in their post-game press conference. I completely agree with you there. Well, man. And it's so sad too. So like I was watching last week's bears game uh, with my brother who was down for the weekend and we watched the Ravens game first. He's been a Ravens fan for over a decade and that was a tough loss for him uh, against the Colts. And then the bears game came on. I was like, all right, let's sit down. And now you can see how bad things can get. And it was like (laughs) the end of the first quarter. And he's looking at me like, how do you stomach watching these games every week. And I had mentioned like, well, I watch it like two or three times a week too, man. And he's like, yeah, why do you do that to yourself? He's like, it, it made his chest hurt. And he's not even a bears fan. Like that is just, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what else could, but 
yeah, Nick, I, I think special teams and X factor uh, as an X factor and same thing with coaching uh, could be huge here uh, to kind of sway the difference of a win uh, and a loss for the bears against the Broncos here uh, on Sunday, but we'll move on from X factors. We'll play who has the edge and I'm, Going first here this week, I have the Bears passing attack. I don't know if I can call it that uh, versus that Broncos. I'm sorry. It's true. Pass defense. So the Broncos uh, are easily uh, going to have this one here for me. Uh, and it's not even who the Broncos are. It's really who the Bears are. 31st in passing yards per game. 30th in completions per game. 30th in sacks allowed. 30th in passer rating. And even though. The Broncos just got obliterated. I just still have deep reservations uh, about the Bears' ineffectiveness and inability to find any rhythm, any success, anything they can build on in this passing game. So again, this is more about the Bears' lack of ability than the Broncos' defense themselves, which is a damning statement, but I think it's very much true. So for me, Broncos have the edge here uh, with the Bears' passing attack. We'll go over to you, Nick. Bears' running game versus that Broncos run defense. Yeah, this one was uh, tricky for me, but I am going to pick the Bears in this category, Will. Wow. And there were some things, even in that Chiefs game, I know 31 point, like it looks terrible, but they they were having a little bit, <laughs> some success on the ground until they just couldn't really, you couldn't go to it anymore when you're down so many points. But um, Cole Komet spoke uh, in the locker room today and you know, he was asked, what would it mean for the offense if the unit can, you know, run the ball more steadily? And here's a quote. I think that's big. Look, we were the number one rushing team last year. There's no reason that you can't, it can't still be a big part of our arsenal in the game. So I think it always starts with the run and makes everything else a lot easier. I think establishing our physicality up front is big and can help us get to a fast start this game. I agree with that. I do agree that they need to run the football more. I want to see more Roshan Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. I like how he runs the ball and, you know, just staying on his his track maybe a little bit more. But I think that if you can do – just be successful or even commit to it for the entirety of a game, it can open things up for this offense. So um, maybe very optimistically I'm picking the Bears to have the edge in this category. I'm just happy for the first time that it took us four weeks, but it's not a clean sweep. Week one was all bears, bears, bears. Our optimism, man, it was flowing out of the cup. And then pessimism really started to set in for the opponents. But I know the Broncos aren't as talented as the other two teams that we faced since week one. Uh, So I'm glad the Bears have one. Maybe they'll have two. Uh, We still have the defense uh, to go here. I have the Broncos rushing attack versus that Bears run defense. Just like the Bears offense, Nick, just do the, like, due to the lack of any run defense from the Bears so far. And again, it's not the amount of yards per game, uh, which is the one that a lot of people look at. To me, it's all about those runs on first and second down that just either get you in second and short or you're already moving the chains. And if you can't stop that, you're going to have a really hard time getting off the field. So Broncos are going to have this edge here for me, which leaves you with the Broncos pass attack versus that Bears pass defense. Will Russ actually cook? He definitely will actually cook. <laughs> he will cook well. And we don't know who's who's going to actually be in the secondary for this Bears uh, defense at this point. But, you know, you just look at the lack of pass rush from the Bears. You look at Russell Wilson's actually been pretty, playing pretty decent football, uh, even though they're 0-3. And then you look at some of the weapons that they have. So I'm giving this one to the Broncos. So it wasn't a clean sweep, but we are also – the Bears are down 3-1. to one. 
Uh, yes, they are. Oh, but you know what? I'll take it. It's a little different. And at the end of the day, the Bears have to prove it to us a lot uh, mm-hmm. before they can start really having the edge here uh, against most teams in the NFL, maybe all teams in the in the National Football League. But let's go ahead and let's play some over under here. Uh, I'm not even going to do the whole let's make a parlay thing. I don't want to waste your money this week, Nick. Uh, I didn't place so the bet, Will, so I'm, <laughs> we're I'm all good. Well, my screenshot cut off half the bet, so that was my bad anyway. But uh, let's go ahead and start with some passing props. Russell Wilson, his touchdown line is at over under one and a half. Yeah, we're, we're going on the over on that one. What about Wilson's passing yards over under 239.5? Bears keep playing the same defense. Uh, yeah, it's going to be over on that as well. All right, what about Justin Fields? His touchdown passes is uh, 0.5. Can he get his one? I think he can. I think he can, Will. This defense is not very good for the Broncos, so I'll take the over on 0.5 passing touchdowns for Justin Fields. Sounds good. I, I like this new one, Nick. I've never seen this mm. one before here in DraftKings. Pass plus plus rush yards for one player. So you get total mm. yards, uh, at least here for Justin Fields. So his passing and running combined, they have set at 249.5 for Justin Fields. That seems high. Yeah, that, that does seem high. But again, um, when you look at the, the previous three defenses the Bears have faced, they, they're actually, you know, well, I guess we saw Green Bay get annihilated against Detroit last night, but they're decent. They're good. Um, I'm, I'm taking the under on that, Mark, though, the passing and rushing for Justin Fields. All right. What about Khalil Herbert over under 40.5 on the ground? I'll take the under on that. I Yeah, I think that we're just seeing more Roshan Johnson being put into the equation, so I'll take the under. All right. What about Devontae Williams over under 52.5 on the ground? We'll go under on that. I'll go under. No, no, no. <laughs> Taking the over. No, no, no. <laughs> um, all right. What about DJ Moore over under 45 and a half? They target him. Yeah, it could easily be over if, if, yeah, I'll take over. All right. And we'll do one more. Cortland Sutton over under 56.5 yards. We'll go the over there on the good old Cortland Sutton. Maybe he just has to hang on to the football. There you go. All right. So we played some over-unders. Let's go ahead. Do you want to take the last break now and then do like our predictions? Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about all these over-unders and, you know, you got to do so with DraftKings because football's more fun, you guys, when you're actually in the action. So download the app now and sign up with the code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 and to get two hundred instantly in bonus bets and only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And remember, use that code CHGO. And of course, the crown can be yours if you're, you know, maybe listening to us and wanting to place these bets. But also the Bears need to they need to come to play in this game too for any of this to happen. But of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort KS, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA, 21 over, age varies by jurisdiction. 
void in ONT. Csportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resource. Bonus best expire again seven days after uh, issuance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. Damn, you have gotten that disclaimer down. Just gotta gotta just follow every line and make sure my eyes don't divert or anything because that could really screw you up. But yes, uh, make sure you're you have all that uh, into account as you're making all these uh, amazing sports bets. Uh, that would not have been my bold prediction, by the way, of you rambling through that disclaimer uh, as smoothly as you did. It's not a, <laughs> a knock on you. It's literally like that's a tough cookie to, like, to, to chew, man. There's I've done there. it, as we know, a few times, too. It's uh, uh, You, you got to do the legal things, too, uh, which mm-hmm. all makes sense. But let's get into these Bears bold predictions. I actually have three just for fun because okay. you talked about football's fun and the Bears need to make it more fun. So I'm going to try. So my first one's a joke. I put both teams lose. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, I mean, both these teams, maybe they both deserve it. Um, But then my next two are kind of real. Uh, Chase Claypool makes one contested catch is a bold prediction. Nick, did you know he's O for four on contested catch opportunities this year? And he's only one of two wide receivers in a league with four or more chances that still have zero contested catches. Uh, does that, it does not surprise me because of everything that is involving Chase Claypool right now, but it's a bold prediction there. Will I like the boldness on, on the chase. I almost put Chase Claypool in my bold prediction, but I'm glad that you did there. And then my second one is probably a little bit more extra bold, but I have the bears will have two 100 yard rushers in this game. I mean, the Broncos gave up 350 on the ground last week. And again, I don't expect the Bears to give up to get 350, but maybe they can get to 200. They did it a couple times last year. Uh, Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert uh, are the guys. I wanted to put Rojo, but I, I kind of didn't want to put anything on him this week. Uh, I think last week I said he would be the MVB. Uh, so I'm trying to let some pressure off of the rookie. That way he can surprise me. And uh, again, the, whenever we do things like this, players tend to struggle so i'm gonna let rojo out of this one uh just for a week though but those are my bold predictions how about you what do you got yeah my bold predictions uh again bold predictions we're going out there you guys i have cole Komet and darnell mooney both getting passing touchdowns in this game i forgot who said i think it was receiving darnell touchdowns mooney. or passing receiving touchdowns need, Re- so, I yeah, sorry. To receiving touchdowns they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna get receiving touchdowns i think cole Komet is Nah, never mind. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Darnell Mooney in one of his press conferences. He said his, he is most like Cole Komet, even though he was saying, like, you look at us, obviously we look nothing alike, but we're very compatible. Um, but my bold prediction is that they both reach the end zone in this game. And, you know, again, a bold prediction, that would obviously mean two passing touchdowns for Justin Fields. And we already know that's that's a hard reach at this point. So bold prediction, Cole Komet. Darnell Mooney, both reach the end zone. Ooh, man, uh, we need some Darnell Mooney. We talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit last week of terms of like a little bit MIA. He started last year, too, in a very similar situation, having a hard time getting acclimated. And I think it took until week four, if I remember correctly, give or take. That Vikings game was when he finally okay. popped off a yeah. little bit for the Bears uh, with that big catch, too, that highlight catch down the field. Yeah, one-hander. I asked Justin Fields on Wednesday, like, what can you do to get Darnell Mooney more involved? And then he was like, well, 
obviously he knows when he's going to get the ball, but he also said, you know, you guys, the media say, well, TJ Moore needs to get the ball more. Now Darnell needs to get the ball more. He's like, I'm going to distribute it to everybody. And, you know, that's the best case for this Bears offense. But, you know, that's that was that was Justin Fields' guy. Like, they're best friends. Uh, Justin said when he goes through these dark time or, like, through adversity, he's talking to Darnell Mooney. So, you know, I would like to see him get more involved. Obviously, everybody more involved. But uh, Mooney's a good guy, and I hope we get to see him actually, you know, get some targets, get some receptions, get some yards. And he's in a contract year, too. So um, also all these things that he's probably thinking about as the Bears are with three. Yeah, not a great time for a down year coming off of an injury for Mooney. So hopefully you're right. And last week, one of my keys was more than more. So I was ahead of it. <laughs> and now we're we're still on that track here, too. But that's our bold predictions. Let's uh, predict who will be the most valuable bear uh, at the end of the game. And Nick, you go first on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm really piggybacking off of uh, my bold prediction, I guess, and just me talking about Mooney, but it's going to be Darnell Mooney's the most valuable bear here. Again, we do these without really picking Justin Fields, but he should be probably back into the consideration now with how everything's no, been going. No but I think hitting, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Darnell Mooney's going to be the most valuable bear. I think there are going to be some opportunities in the slot again if there is a proper game plan in place. If Justin Fields is actually seeing the field, there, I think there can be some opportunities for Darnell Mooney to get more involved and to just make plays for this Bears offense. Somebody needs to make freaking plays. I'll, I'll say that starting on Mooney for this one, and he is my MVB for week four. There you go. You want offense? I'll go defense. My MVB, Tremaine Edmonds. I'm going to go with the guy in the middle of this defense underneath for reasons why I will be very transparent. I got nothing. Uh, it's more hope. It's more hope than anything. Yeah. I hope Tremaine Edmonds can make an impact play, whether he gets an interception, a forced fumble, gets in there, is allowed to blitz, and maybe blows up a play in the backfield or a sack, and that negative yardage leads to something good for the defense or maybe the Bears' offense due to field position. Whatever it is, it just better not be. I'm gonna sit back, or I'm coached to just sit back, watch this play happen in front of me, try to go make this tackle, miss the tackle and watch the guy run for more yards. I hope that's not the case. I hope Tremaine Edmonds can have a really big game. I don't want need him to lead the team in tackles. I don't, but I want to see an impact player too uh, from our biggest free agent acquisition, a player that played at such a high level for the Buffalo Bills ever since he entered this league. Uh, I just want to see that player come out here for Chicago because I still very much believe in Tremaine Edmonds' skill set and what he can mean for the Bears for the foreseeable future. I just been very disappointed with the results here so far. So here's a bounce back game, a get right game for Tremaine Edmond, at least what I'm hoping for being the MVP, hopefully when it's all said and done. All right. MVBs are out of the way. Now we finally get to get to the big one here of who wins this game. I'll take, I'll take this one first uh, just because I don't even know why I want to do this, but Broncos <laughs> 23, Bears 21. Uh, I don't, uh, and I don't know exactly how to feel about this. Uh, again, the Broncos are a beatable team, um, but I and Nick, you did a, another great job too of laying out all the reasons to be concerned. Uh, I think with our keys and our X factors, you know, for me, it comes down to coaching again. Uh, I don't think the Bears have the leg up on coaching here this week. I don't know if they have that any week right now, which is starting to become a bigger, bigger and bigger concern in my eyes. Uh, the offense has too far of a way to go. 
even against a bad Broncos defense. And I think the Broncos offense is serviceable enough uh, to be able to put up uh, enough points to beat this Bears team here this week. Again, they get into the red zone. The Broncos do more than uh, I think they're top 10. Uh, if I remember my stack correctly, ninth, they get in there to the ninth most and the Bears, once teams are in the red zone, they allow like the most touchdowns. So like, I don't know how else I can buy into the Bears winning here this week other than them exceeding expectations and playing out their minds a little bit and really just finding answers to a lot of questions. And I don't think enough time has passed for them to find those answers. So for me, Broncos 23, Bears 21, and the Bears start 0-4 in a miserable September, uh, to say the least. Yeah, that's that would be that'd be rough, Will. And you know, it realistically could be the case for this Bears team how bad they've been playing. But you know, you said the word hope earlier, um, just you know, maybe like two minutes ago. And that's kind of where I'm at and why I'm gonna pick the Bears to win this one 23 to 20. It's more so of that than what I've seen on the football field, because if I'm basing it just on you know strictly what the Bears have been doing, it's not been good enough. But they feel, and this is the Bears now, that they're close to actually doing something good offensively. I think there are moments where you see, okay, but it just hasn't been consistent. And I will say this. This is going to be the worst defense the Bears have faced all season. In terms of pressure rate, 20.4% for the Broncos, dead last in the NFL. Worse than the Bears, you guys. That's that's incredible that the Broncos have – they're in a league of their own, dead last. So – I'm going with the Bears in this one, 23-20. I think we see our the best game from Justin Fields this week. Um, again, I, yes, you, you mentioned the Broncos can move the ball. They can score. They absolutely can. I think I put in our in our game pick article that the Bears defense does the bare minimum to, to <laughs> put them in a position to actually win this game. So 23-20, go with the Bears here. I just feel like this 13-game losing streak has to end. And like I said earlier, if it's not now, God, I don't know when the Bears team will win a game. If it's not this game at Soldier Field, you just got your ass whooped in Arrowhead. There's no way you can come out flat like you did against the Green Bay Packers in the home opener. There's no way, right? Right? Well, like, like I might, mm-hmm. again, maybe I'm basing this no. off a of hope. I'm delusional. It could be all these things. But, I, again, a close game, 23 to 20, go with the Bears. No, I understand it. And, by the way, I just wanted to say I'm proud of you. Uh, for doing that. I really am. You know, I wanted to, you know, I really, I thought I'm going to say it long and hard uh, about giving the bears the win here in my prediction, but uh, I'm trying to be more with my brain than my heart. Do you know why? Because the bears broke my heart. My heart's broken. I can't even think with it right now. So I I only have one tool left, uh, which is my brain. And the brain says, good luck with that. Uh, So we both, We both did our predictions. I had the Bears losing by only two. Uh, You had the Bears winning by, I think you said, 23-20, so it would have been three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, by the way, both of us saying 23 is the highest score is weird because we did that Mm -hmm. independently, and I had no idea. That makes sense why your face did that look when I said my score. Uh, But let's do our confidence meter here real quick for the overall game uh, between these two teams. And uh, I was sitting at a five. You were sitting at a five-point, I believe, two. I which puts so. it at a 5.1, which means it's possible. Like they can win. I, I love this new confidence meter, by the way. Joey did a great job. Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, you know, again, Joey's a, a goat at making these graphics, but that's where we're at. Like if it's the same football team that has 
play the last three weeks, and it very well could be. No, you know, all the coaching doesn't make a difference. The details are still not there. The Bears can easily get blown out in this game, or to maybe some people surprised they can find a way to, you know, have the lead in the fourth quarter and hold on to a victory. It, this Bears team has just been so disappointing, mm-hmm. and I just, I really just hope that the disappointment ends on Sunday. Maybe again, that's that's what I just want to see too. I, I haven't covered a a. A locker room that's won a game since I was last in New England. Like that is so terrible. My Uber driver from uh Arrowhead, real quickly, was asking me, like, oh, you cover the Bears? Yeah, yeah, I get to go to the games and stuff. He's like, Is it better to cover a team that's winning or losing? And I said, really quickly, winning, no doubt about it. Because when you go and cover a losing locker room or you know, a team that just has not found its way, nobody wants to talk. Nobody wants to really talk about an ass whooping. Nobody like there's there's no benefit to it. So I would so rather see a team that somehow wins a game. And at least you have that to talk about and, you know, highlight some of the positives as opposed to all this negative things that have been going on with this football team the last week that they had. So come on, come on, Chicago Bears, do something, please. It's the stick meme. Do something, but now I'm with you, Nick. I, having a different vibe around this team would be so nice uh, for so many different reasons. Uh, and in addition to getting the cover, the team, you know, in, in the locker room, I was, I think, there for one win last year, and, and that was so much fun. And then the rest of my opportunities it was just like, man, it's somber, it's quiet, it's, mm-hmm. it's you can just feel the gravity of the situation in the room, and. Yep. It would be nice to feel the opposite of that sometimes. Uh, ideally, more times than not, but we have a lot of work <laughs> in order to get there. And as the comment from our own account says, come to the tailgate this weekend. Links in the description here below. You get all you can eat, all you can drink, Goose Island. Uh, our friend from DNVR is going to be over here as well. So much going on. It's the best place uh, to really party before this Bears game. And so we would love for you to come out with us. Hang out at the tailgate before this game. Even if you're not going to the game, feel free to come by and just hang out uh, at this tailgate. To get tickets, links in the description here on YouTube and your podcast player. Uh, Nick, I think you said it pretty well. Unless you had any final thoughts before I wrapped it up? No, that's that's all I got. Let's see if the Bears can change and make some type of changes on Sunday, Will. That's how I'll sounds, leave it. Sounds reasonable to me, uh, and hopefully they find answers to those questions. Uh, but that's going to do it for both of us here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you leave, give this video a thumbs up. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for everybody in the live chat throughout the entirety of this episode. You guys are always super engaged, and it just really makes hosting this show a, a lot more fun. Uh, so just thank you so much for your participation Uh, over the last hour and 15 minutes. But that's going to do it for us for now. Uh, We'll see you on Sunday for this Bears game. We'll see everyone in the morning for the tailgate. See you all for our pregame, postgame, all the coverage you come to expect here from CHGO Bears. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.